I'm having a goddamn blast on tour with this Big Mouth and a Small Town tour. So I've added some dates and wanted to let you know where I'm headed next. Uh, yeah, March 14th, I will be in Lakeside, Arizona. And then the 15th and 16th, I'm finally coming to Tucson. So if you're in Tucson, I'm coming to Laughs Comedy Cafe. Get your tickets. We're going to have a good time. My good friend Noah Koffer will be featuring at those shows. He'll also be with me the following weekend when I come to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dr. Grins, I cannot wait to see you guys again. Those are always some of my favorite shows, and I'm sure this year will be no exception. And then I am headed up to my home state of Alaska for the Alaska Before You Die Fest. Anchorage, you better not fucking sit on these tickets. They're going fast. There's a few left. Uh, April 5th, I will be doing shows at the Gumbo House. It's downtown. I'm doing an early and a late show, one night only. It's an intimate venue, so tickets are limited. It's going to be out of control. If you've come to my show at Coots before, you know how fun they are. This venue is so much better for comedy. I can't even explain it. Just get fucking tickets. These shows are going to be wild. And then on the 6th, I'm headed down to Homer. Homer, Alaska. I am coming, performing there for the first time. Alice's Champagne Palace. And then on the 7th, I will be in Seward, Alaska. So Anchorage, Homer, Seward. We're having a goddamn good time. I'm going to come kill at all those shows because I'm a fucking Alaskan assassin. Am I sorry I said that? I don't know. Listen. Dayton, Kentucky, 12th of April. If you are in the Cincinnati-ish area, Dayton, Ohio, Dayton, Kentucky, this is your chance to see me at a really cool new venue called the Commonwealth Sanctuary. And then I am headed to Portland, May 3rd. I'm headlining the Rip City Comedy Festival. I will be at McMenamin's Mission Theater. You guys, this is a cool theater. We want it to be packed out because, of course I want it to be packed out, but also like, Let's have a goddamn good time in this nice, beautiful theater. So come to that. It's going to be a hell of a time. I can't wait to come back to Portland. And then Wisconsin. I'm headed back your way. But this time I'm coming to Janesville, May 17th and 18th. Green Bay on the 19th. And then what up, Florida? St. Pete, Tampa. I'm coming your way. Uh, Tampa, I will be there June 2nd. And St. Pete, um, they're ahead of that, uh, May 31st. Tampa, I'm at Side Splitters. And if you go to the links in all of my bios or go to their website to get tickets, for a limited time, you can use the code JMS and get $5 off tickets. And wherever you are, I'm trying to get people to buy tickets early instead of waiting to the last minute and making me panic so that if it is going to sell out, it sells out faster so that I know that, the club knows that, maybe we can add a second show. Just FYI, that helps every artist that you're a fan of. So if you can ever buy ASAP, go ahead and do that. Uh, So that's your incentive to buy early in Tampa. And uh, uh, I'll be adding more dates soon. If you did not hear your town, but you want me to come there, head over to my Instagram, instagram.com slash jmscomedy or just at jmscomedy if you're using the app like most of us. Uh, click the link in my bio, join my email list. That lets me know where you guys are so I know what areas want to come see me. Uh, so do that. I can't wait to get to more cities. I'm having so much fucking fun on the road. You guys have been amazing. People have been buying merch. These audiences have been out of control, good, just electric, laughing, having a blast. And I know all these upcoming shows are going to be no exception. So I will see you there jmscomedy.com slash shows to get your tickets. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. We're going to have a fucking good time either way. So thanks for listening to this little promo. Enjoy this episode. Ta-ta, idiots. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. What kind of ignorant shit is that? At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. You idiot, you fool! Hey, dummy! This is the Ignorance is Blessed podcast. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Hey, idiots. Welcome back to Ignorance is Blessed, the podcast that attempts to overcome ignorance, mostly by asking ignorant questions with me, JMS, Jessica Michelle Singleton. I'm a comedian and I'm an idiot. That's why we're here. We're learning. We're growing. (sighs) We've grown a lot. And listen, uh, if you haven't already, I would love for you to leave a review on the podcast. Let me know what you've thought of it. But big announcement, uh, this is the third to last episode of Ignorance is Hashtag Blessed. Uh, maybe forever, maybe something will change and we'll bring it back. But for now, I have made the very difficult decision to close this chapter in my life and focus on projects that are new Projects that are ongoing that serve my goals long term a little more. I have had such an incredible time getting to interview people from all walks of life and learning and growing along with you guys. I just, as many of you know, have been doing a lot of soul searching the last, I mean, probably since I started this, it's rooted in that, but especially with the pandemic and there've been so many sort of personal, mental and emotional ups and downs for me on my path of figuring out who I am and really what my purpose is and being brave enough to lean into that. And in the course of doing so, I've realized that for the time being, you know, my long-term goal probably isn't to be the next Barbara Walters, uh, which it feels like, This would be great if that was my goal. 
I love interviewing people. I love learning new things. This podcast really came about from my own selfish desire to learn more about people. You know, it started uh, during a time when people were getting a little heated and it felt very divided politically and just socially. And I sort of wanted to create a space where I could bring people from all sides of the spectrum, all different identities, and ask those curious questions that people are starting to deem as, or ha- we're starting to, and have it's definitely become more and more of a thing, as offensive or, you know, if you asked a question instead of curious, you would get labeled as XYZ type of, you know, hateful against gender, race, religion, political party, etc. And I wanted to create a space where, you know, it was very clearly stated, hey, this is the place to ask those questions that like, actually, I just like, this pops in my head. No one else ever thinks about this because everybody else does fucking think about it if it's not their identity. And uh, I've learned so much and I've met so many cool people, both through the guests, but then interacting with you guys. And um, I think that, you know, deep down, I knew I needed to close this door a while ago, but it's been such a personal joy that uh, it's been hard to let go of. It's kind of an ego thing of, you know, this is my one project outside of my stand-up comedy where I have full control and I have enjoyed that and like getting to explore different things through that. Um, But, you know, what comes with full control, you know, I'm not on a network. I don't have a producer, uh, is it's more than just the conversation you hear. It's, I have to edit. I have to go back. I have to listen. I have to cut. I have to go in the system and, and get it put up to go out everywhere. I have to field, uh, an absurd amount of people, uh, giving me notes on the audio in my inbox when my inbox is already, uh, overwhelming, which is a great, a great position to be in. It's, it's great to have more, you know, too many messages coming in than none, but, uh, I can't sustain that anymore and focus on the other projects I want. You know, we only have a finite amount of energy and, um, I don't want to be half-assing any of the other things. I didn't want to be half-assing this and I've been, let's be real, quarter-assing a lot of the things uh, that I wish I could full-ass. So it's time to move on. Uh, with that being said, my final three guests are three of my favorite women in the entire world, two of whom, including this guest, I will be launching a new podcast with on the Comedy Store Network, which you may be going, but you're stopping a podcast because it's too much work. But that one, once we get the ball rolling, thank God for the comedy store, they're handling the back end. So we just have to come in and be our hilarious selves. And I'm really excited about it. I don't have a launch date, but if you keep an eye on my social media at JMS comedy, uh, you will, you'll see the announcement. It's coming soon. So keep an eye out for that. It'll be here in April. Uh, we were aiming for an April Fool's launch because we thought that'd be fun. But as as it does, things got delayed. Uh, life life happened. 
uh, as they do. Things got delayed. Whatever. You understand. So anyways, uh, keep an eye and ear out for that. It's going to be with this guest, Lara Bites, who you're going to love. And if you don't already know her, which if you're listening to this, you're is a good chance you are a comedy nerd. Uh, some of you are just good old podcast people who come to learn, and I love that. But some of you have come to me through the deep you know, web that connects comedians to one another. So you probably have already heard of Laura and are already familiar with her and already love her. On the off chance anyone has not, I am so excited to introduce her to you. And uh, we just chat. This is nothing. We didn't go. We didn't go. Uh, we talk about doing the road, how it's exhausting. We talk about life. This is a chat with two friends. And I kind of really liked getting to have that conversation. Uh, so, you know. You uncover some things about Laura, you uncover some things about me, but no real direction here. And that's kind of what I'm doing with my last three. Uh, I've got her and then Stacia Patwell. And we will get into the nutrition and her school of thought because it's so cool what she's built. But just conversations with three really smart women. And then I will close it out with my other co-host of the in- upcoming podcast, um, which, by the way, is called Slobs, Steph Tolov. Uh, and if you don't know Steph Tolov, you fucking haven't lived. Uh, I said that's both these women. I'm so excited to make something with them. I'm so excited to. It feels. I mean, you guys who have listened for a long time and, and follow me on social media and engage with me, you know, I work my ass off. I'm a workaholic and I'm not saying that like, oh, yeah, I fucking work my ass off. I do. I am very hardworking. And it feels like such a, a a sign of the work I've put in and an exciting moment to be brought into a project where all I have to do is show up and be funny and be myself. And then that's it. And then done. All right. See you next time. We'll have some clips for you. We'll get it out. Whatever. Like that's something I have aspired to for a long time and it's, it's happening. And so I hope you'll enjoy that. It's, Three fucking three. Look, I'll say it. Three of the funniest women in the world. And I include myself in that. And that is the only thing I will ever say about myself with confidence is that I am funny. I know that. And they are. I look. I mean, I look at them and I go, oh, fuck. That's that's the level I'm trying to get on. So that's that's that. Uh, I would love to hear from you, uh, via social media, etc. Shoot me an email through my Instagram inbox and, uh, you know, let me know what episodes you've loved the most uh, that they, uh, you know, were you someone who liked the com- comedian ones where we just shot the shit? Did you really like my interview with my brother who, uh, you know, unfortunately it doesn't seem like there's going to be a positive follow-up episode for that. Uh, and that's not just because. The show's ending, but that's uh, because sometimes that is, you know, that was the risk I ran interviewing a freshly uh, seeing the light addict. And if I'm being real, part of the reason I am cutting things out of my schedule is because I need to make time to process my own emotions and take care of myself. Uh, And part of that is dealing with stressful family members who I love and cannot do anything to help. I've said too much. Anyway, let me know. What'd you like? Maybe at some point, uh, you know, maybe I'll follow up the Steph episode with a top 10 moments. If I hear enough from, from you guys or top 10 episodes where I, I cut out some highlights. Um, 
if that's something anyone's interested in. Either way, uh, thank you for always tuning in. Thank you for engaging with me. Thank you for engaging with the guests I've had. This has been a joy and a delight, and I hope I can really knock it out of the park for you guys these last three episodes. And I'm not going to cry. You're going to cry. I'm not going to cry. I'm okay. Am I going to cry? I'm not going to cry. Listen, I have gone on entirely too long. And if Laura is listening to this, she's literally screaming right now. If she's like, let me see what I said. Let me make sure I didn't say anything crazy. What did I, what are we talking about? She's literally like, shut the fuck up. Get to me, you fucking dumb bitch. Uh, and that's the joy of Laura. Um, I'm sure she's saying it maybe nicer in her head. Or she's like, no, I'm, I'm not. You, why is your intro a quarter of the episode. Listen, if you're listening to this right now, go see Laura this weekend in Phoenix house of comedy. She's there all weekend. You're going to love her. Uh, and then, you know, follow her social media for updates on her schedule. Cause she's touring all over and she is someone you got to see live. It's next level. And you're going to have the time of your life. If you'd like to see me live, I'm in St. Louis, April 8th and 9th. Then I'm doing some, uh, around California stuff. I'm in, Palm Springs, April 15th, Huntington Beach, April 16th. I'm doing a show in San Luis Obispo on April 22nd. So I'm keeping a little local for a while, bopping around the old uh, California and California coastline. So come see me there. I will also be uh, details TBD, but it looks like I'm going to be at the Desert Hearts Festival doing comedy at a big old musical fe- musical festival at the end of April and uh, more to come, which I'm excited about uh and if you get a chance to come out to la come see me and laura at the world famous comedy store it'll be uh they're celebrating 50 years next week 50 years of comedy and i'm part of that legacy and that is there's there's no time to go into that that's just fucking wild all right i've talked entirely too much i obviously have a lot of emotions about shutting down this old fucking question factory But thank you for your time. Uh, My Patreon is still available. If you are a comedian or a creative who is looking to take your stuff to the next level, patreon.com slash JMS comedy. We'll set up a plan. We can do some punch up or we can just make a list of goals. I am overwhelmed with joy at already some of the things the people I'm working with have accomplished or started to do it. It it's just great. So Hit me up over there. Keep an eye out for slobs. Come over to my social media at JMS Comedy. I'm trying to post more clips. I'm trying to do all the bullshit you know we have to do. And uh, either way, you know, keep asking your questions. And uh, I will too. Let's keep learning. Let's keep growing. Let's keep loving. And uh, remember, just because somebody is different than you doesn't mean either of you are right or wrong necessarily. You can still love somebody who's different. All right. I'm shutting the fuck up. Listen, enjoy this episode with Laura Bites. Hey, idiots. Welcome back. I've got Laura Bites here. Listen, uh, before I, okay, I'm going to start rambling and then you'll never get to talk. It's what I do. It's not what I do. I swear it's not what I do. Listen, this is what I want to talk about. Okay, if you're listening and you follow my shit and you, for some insane reason, don't know Laura, that's not a true thing. She's an incredible comedian, one of my closest friends. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me. I can't believe it took us this long to finally do this. I know it's all my fault, but now I'm on new ADHD medication. Yay. 
probably doing too much at once. Um, What's that dose looking like? We still doing the fourth of a pill? No, I changed to another medication called Vyvanse. And based on the amount I was doing of the other stuff, which I liked, but I didn't like some of it, some yeah. of the side effects. Yeah. Um, I'm uh, I take one pill, a whole pill. It's 20 milligrams, which is wild. Medicine's just crazy. Science is nuts. Cause I was taking essentially 1.25 milligrams of Adderall. And she's like, okay, so like 20 milligrams of Vyvanse. And I'm like, okay. well, I know, I know kids who are on Vyvanse. So you're probably taking a child's dose, which was I also am. what I you were it. taking. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, I mean, I take think what my nephew takes. <laughs> I'm just a small, you know what it is? I just have always been since, and I don't know if I'm sure there is some body size thing that makes a difference for people, but I just am someone who metabolizes medicine really easily. Like I'm just very sensitive I, I never have to take more than one ibuprofen, knock on wood right now. But like, uh, just it's I'm I'm highly affected by things. I'm, yeah. an, I'm an empath. I'm highly sensitive. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm not I'm not I'm a nightmare. I can't say words. Um, well, good for you for like diving in and trying another medication because that stuff is so tricky. And the only I tried Ritalin and Adderall and with both of them, the side effects way outweighed. Like I felt like a crackhead. I like, I the couldn't benefits, sleep yeah. and I couldn't eat. And so, and so it was just like, so, so now I'm left to the ravages of my own natural mind for the most part. And that is what it is, but. Well, okay. Wow. Cause here's the thing with Adderall. I talked to my doctor and I was like, I would rather have the side effects of Adderall than have no Adderall, but I would like to not have the side effects of Adderall. Cause like without my Adderall, I am unbearable for a lot of people, <laughs> uh, especially people I live with named Andy. Uh, so <laughs> I'm not saying I'm taking stimulants because of my boyfriend, but it really was a heavy motivator for me. That um, was why I started. That was why I went on Adderall was because my boyfriend at that time was, and this was when I was like 19 and 20, he would get so mad at me because he'd be like, I will be talking to you and your eyes are glazed over and you're not hearing anything I'm saying. And I'm like, there is, I cannot do better than this. And so I started yeah. taking these fucking horse pills that made me just want to drink and get high and smoke cigarettes constantly so <laughs> that I could pay attention to my <laughs> boyfriend when he talked to me. <laughs> and the truth is, is that really it was his boring fucking stories that were dry. I'm just kidding. Um, he was boring, but I ended up getting straight A's for the first time in my life. I went from like flunking out of stuff to getting straight A's. And I was like, oh, I'm like not a fuck up. I just had no idea what was going on. It's mind blowing when you do find medication that fixes something you didn't realize was like an issue. I think it happens more for women, but I especially with things like ADHD, instead of us, our initial reaction going, oh, I have a chemical imbalance or things are not working in the same system as everyone else that the world's designed for. We go, there's something fundamentally wrong with me personally. It's a character defect. If I just work harder, did you do? I don't know. I, I was like, if I just try really hard, I'll be yeah. one of those people who's just really organized and clean. And it's like, no. Yeah. And I think that we're taught that. I want one thing that makes me so mad is when I hear teachers say like your kid would do great they just don't apply themselves because that was always said about me and I was trying as hard as I could 
And we don't have <laughs> tools for measuring people's effort. You don't know how hard a kid is trying. No kid wants to be in trouble all the time, yeah. missing recesses, getting notes home, getting in trouble with their parent. Like no kid wants to go from getting in trouble at home to getting in trouble at school to getting in trouble at home. Like we're all trying our best. Yeah. We're all kids, applying ourselves. We're kids using lack the system tools. we have. Right. Yes. Exactly. They need well, more it, tools. It's so fucking true. And you know what I didn't realize for years, like didn't help was like, instead of this is, this is a real thing that happened to my mom during a parent teacher conference is in like third grade. My teacher said, Jessica is not like the other girls. She could really afford to be more organized. And instead of my mom taking that as a cue of like, maybe my daughter is lacking in a skill set or in an ability. She went, if my daughter was more organized, she wouldn't be my daughter. And it's like, okay, so let's just flagrantly flail around our flaws and yeah. bask in them. Great. Thank you. So I didn't get yeah. diagnosed till I was an adult, but I also managed to get really good grades somehow, which is a real testament to thank you brain. I'm so grateful for you for yeah. being able to just manically get through things before they became homework. Yeah. You know, because that was my, once it was out of my sight, I'm not, I'm not going to do homework. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to forget it's there. <laughs> yeah. The organization was a huge problem for me too. And I was always so embarrassed by it because yeah. I had this overflowing cubby overflowing locker. Like all my stuff was such a noticeable mess and it was humiliating for me. And I even remember my fifth grade teacher took me out of another class. She pulled me out of math class to clean out my cubby oh, in God. home in my homeroom class in front of the math class that she was teaching. And the kids were all just staring at me and my trash was all over, you know, and it's worksheets I had forgotten about that I hadn't completed, like all this work I wasn't able to find. And it's like, I didn't, I wasn't messy because I just was like a piece of shit. I was a kid. I was yeah, nine well, years also, old, you know? I don't know about you, but like, obviously there is the fundamental difference of if somebody has uh, a hurdle with like mental, I don't even call it mental health stuff, just their brain. Because it's in my mind, ADHD, and someone will come after me for this. I don't look at ADHD as like, inherently a problem. The problem is, is that the system we live in isn't designed for it. So it then becomes a problem. You function differently and, and you have to learn how to function in a world that's built for non ADHD brains. Yeah. So on its own, it's not a problem in society. It absolutely is because uh, you're not the same as the like ducks in a row that we've built. But I also feel like I could be wrong because all I have my, is my experience. Are some kids taught at home like organizational skills? I wasn't. I think the rich ones are. And I think like my sister <laughs> yes. is a super organized person and she's always been super involved in her children's lives. And so they all have like, this is your hook where your backpack goes. This is your drawer where your folders go. Like they have a place for stuff. I never and had like a that place, place. Yeah. for stuff. Yeah. Same. It was just sort of like, you should just know. And it's like, yeah, look at I, that. I now. I look at that and I go like, no, what? Yeah. A kid shouldn't just know. Kids don't know shit. Yeah. They're dumb. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kids don't know anything. They're not taught. It's not no. an instinct that we have in the woods as monkeys to put our folders away. Yeah. To we made that up on a rack. Yeah. That's, right. We invented that. So you need to, to teach that. Yeah. That's a thing we made up to feel superior to other animals. To be like, look what we can do. Yeah. Huh? We cleaned yeah. up. 
I'm not throwing my poop at anybody today. That's right. Man, look what we, we made it out. We survived. Damn. We did. Um, well, let's talk. I want to talk about that because here's a, here's the thing. I don't know if I've ever said this to you, but it's a thing I have said mostly just to myself about you and maybe like once or twice if you came up in conversation and I hope this comes across as a compliment because it's meant as a compliment. And why am I explaining it? That makes it sound like it's going to be bad. I'm already flattered that you talk to yourself about me. <laughs> you are someone who I genuinely look at as an example and look up to for your ability to hold your boundaries. Oh, I, nothing impressed. Well, a lot of things you do impress me and more than this, but like I'm blown away at, as someone who just has not quite has, I'm at the phase of my people pleasing where I'm aware of it. I'm actively trying to be better about it, but I'm not as good as I aspire to be. And I feel like you're so good at being like, I'm not available for that. Or <laughs> it sounds so aggressive when or it feels aggressive when I say it, but you're just going, no, I'm not available at that time. I can do this or this and nothing else, or just not moving, not negotiating like your rate, for instance, below what you're willing to move for. Right. Um, I, I just want you to know that I, I see that and I'm very, I admire it and I respect it. And I would like to know, have you always been really good at that? Or is that a skill you developed? Thank you so much for saying that. No, I have not always been really good at that. Um, I'm flattered that you think I am really good at that. A lot of it is just like, I think of what it would take when something comes around on the calendar for me to not want to cancel, like for me to not regret saying yes to that. So I kind of look at it in terms of future Lara I and that. I know how much money that is. And so I ask for that. And it's like no hard feelings on my end. And the other person can feel any type of way they want about it. Because yeah. honestly, either they're going to pay me that or they're not. And if they're not, then I don't really care if they you're like, like me anyway. Yeah, you're like, because you don't want to pay me my rent. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love that. Did you... How long, like, I'm obviously not going to, on a public podcast, ask you like, how much money do you, but how long, like, do you have in your mind or maybe even on a piece of paper, like specific rates of like, I don't, this is it. I don't go below here. Um, I, yeah, I do. Yeah. I have one number that I always ask for. And there also is like a little bit, a bit of wiggle room depending. Yeah but there's less and less of that yeah. just because uh, honestly it used to be like, unless the person's a really good friend of mine, but then yeah. recently I asked a really good friend of mine for my rate. And to my surprise, he was like, yeah, okay. And he and you're like, paid oh, me so that amount of to, money. I don't have to do my really good friends favors. Cause they want to pay me when they, yeah. Or cause I'm afraid of hurting their feelings. Cause that's the number one thing is like, I don't want to seem ungrateful. Like, I don't think you have like a great show or whatever, but it's also like, I, I don't know. It's so it's so easy at this point to burn the candle at both ends and be and yeah. doing and different people have different thresholds. And there are lots of people who do like multiple sets every night. And that's great for them. That has never been great for me. Like I get exhausted. I get burned out. I stop having fun. And there's no point in doing this if it's not going to be fun. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to chase a completely wild dream. Yeah. You better. Yeah. If you make it so it's not fun, it's like, what the f go get a regular job that, you know, is going to pay you. What are you doing at this point? 
Yeah. I'm also such like, at my core, I am an introvert and a homebody. And so like, if I have a night where I can stay at home and do a puzzle, like I would love to do that. And I will exercise that option. I love that. I do have days because this is something I started designated this year and uh, still probably too much wiggle room on it, but it's my own internal shit to work out. But like I have days where I'm like, these are days off. I don't call in for spots these days. I don't say yes to things on these days or it yeah. have to be an exorbitant amount of money or a gigantic favor, I guess, if it was like a very, I don't know, but do you yeah. know that? Um, I, de- I definitely like, rather than saying no, I asked for the amount of money that it would take for me to say yes. Someone taught me that like a couple years ago. Like oh, they're like, never just flat say out no. saying no. If someone offers you something, go like, I could do it for this much. I, I'll do that for $5,000 or whatever. And I mean, that's like, you know, it ha- yeah. I haven't asked for that much for like a one nighter or whatever, but I definitely have asked for like, an amount of money. This is what it will cost. Yeah. An amount of money where I'm like, there's no way they're going to pay this. But then the more I do that, the more like people do pay it. And And you're like, Oh, what have I been doing this whole time? Right. I'm like, I can ask for this, not only to say no, but to also say yes and have a gig that I'm happy to do. You know, have you ever, let me ask you this. Have you ever like, (laughs) cause I've done this, uh, in, really in your heart, not wanting to do a gig, been like, well, just throw out this insane amount of money. Yeah. That there definitely is not in their budget. And then they're like, yeah, we can do that. And you're like, yes, yes, absolutely. Ah, but whatever, you know, capitalism, baby. But then that's what that makes me want to do it then. Like, that's the amount of money. Yeah. Yeah. I I can get through this bullshit. Yeah. And I love that. What uh, was there ever a turning point? with you and this kind of boundaries where you were like, enough is enough. I have to start like drawing a line and not let like just burning myself out or um, over time. I think like getting past at the store and going full time doing comedy. So like when I transitioned to being a professional comedian, that was kind of when I was like, oh, this isn't a hobby anymore for this sure. Is my job. Yeah. This like, is my job. So I'm not going to work for, for $20. I'm not going to drive to a, you know, to a bar in Echo Park and find parking and do this, that, and the other for 20 bucks. Like, it it's just not. Yeah. When yeah. I looked at it as like my, my wage, you know? Yeah. And you're like, you wouldn't ask any other job. You wouldn't be like, Hey doctor. Yeah. We had that conversation recently, recently about the benefit I was asked to do where the person asked me, if I would be willing to lower my rate since it was a benefit and it still like tugs at my heartstrings a little bit. Like I'm still susceptible to like the initial feelings of guilt and like the desire to people please. Yeah. But then I'm just like, are you asking the caterer to do that? Are you asking anybody else Yeah. to work for less than what they're worth? At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. For a, a fundraiser, and they don't, pl- places don't. It's just the comedians. 
it, let me ask you this. A totally bullshit, because you're absolutely right. Hypothetical probably would never happen. If a fundraiser came to you and they were like, listen, we're trying to raise money for X, Y, Z. We're doing this thing. We don't really have a lot of funds. We got X, Y, Z is donating food. So if they listed off a bunch of other people are helping us with that, would you just be like too fucking bad? Or would that maybe move the needle depending on the I might, I might be like too fucking bad. Yeah. I mean, I'm. It's also like we're not it, it would it, we're not millionaires. You know what I mean? Right. So like right. asking and that's what I think. The the other thing people don't think about when they ask, you know, donate your time. It's like it's not that I don't want to help the cause. It's that I am a working class comedian. Yeah. By saying yes to your thing, I may have to say no to something. Or end up letting you down last minute because something that can pay my bills comes along. Absolutely. And it's also if they act like comedy is so easy to give away. Well, then you don't need a comedian. That's you can sad. have your benefit be the food, then have a dinner. Yeah. Have get someone else guy in HR or like host. or get a get a free comedian and fucking see how that works out. You You're know what right. I mean? To see what you get when you don't pay. I mean, see what you get when you don't pay people. You truly get what you pay for in all circumstances. And I have learned that the hard way so many times of like, oh, yeah, no, I shouldn't be just trying to get a friend who kind of knows things to hook me up versus yeah. just fucking paying someone outright. And my rate, by the way, is not insane, exorbitant. It's reasonable. Oh, yeah. I mean, I we talk about that privately because we I I have been grateful when you hit me up about stuff and because it opens up the door of like, oh, now I could also I feel because money. People get so fucking weird about money. And the whole point is, I'm just grateful to have a friend that I can go, hey, I'm being offered this. What do you think about that? Or when you did this? Cause that's what we should be doing. There's no yeah. union to protect us. So like we should be going, yeah. what did this club pay you? So at least you have a reference point of like, yeah. are they, and obviously it's art and it's comedy and people draw different and people have different appeals to different, blah, blah, blah. like, so everyone is not going to have, of course, the same rate, but you should at least have some semblance of, are you getting fucked? Or- yeah. And it's, I mean, you've been so helpful to me in exactly the same way where I can be like, man, my gut says that this isn't something I want to do. And you'll be like, oh yeah, no, totally. I would say no to that. And yeah. that's so, it's so helpful. And I think it comes from a place of like, law students don't practice law for free the entire time they're going through law school. They have an expectation that once they're able to do that, they will get paid handsomely for it. Comedians are yes. our, our equivalent of law school is performing for free for 10 fucking years or yeah, more. Until we're and so we're so we're... used to it. Yeah. And no one tells you like, Hey, you're at the point where you never have to do a show for free again, as long as you live, if you don't really want to, like, if you're not excited about it and it's not going to be super fun, you don't ever have to do that again. So we have to be the ones to tell ourselves, like Draw I gave myself a raise this year. I yeah. earned it. I I'm worth say, more this year than I am last year, you know? Yeah. And it's also so much of that time is way better spent. I would say like, I would probably do local and this is just me. I want to get your opinion on this. Yeah. Cause I've been thinking about, I'm starting to do more local spots like trying to like let people know, Hey, I am available for these and saying yes to them more than I had been because I feel like I have a surplus of premises that have not been tightened and 
for me, talking stuff out does help. So I'm like, okay, I'm using those shows now as like work out spaces, I guess. I don't know what my question is about that. Like, do you find that valuable at all? Or like in your mind, if something like that's coming up, you're like, well, actually my time would be better spent at home writing the bit out. I prefer to, to be at home writing the bit out. And then I put it on stage once it's like written out. I like, um, I kind of believe in trying new material. Like I, I try new material on the road. I try it at the comedy store, you know, me too. So, I've gotten braver. I had to get out of my head about, I think I get in my head at the store about who's in the audience. I'm sh- uh, this is a showcase for who, I mean, obviously like the crowd is paid. I want to give them a good show. I want people who have never heard of me, which is usually the whole crowd uh, to walk away and have liked me. But I mean, at the end of the day, that is what that club was built for was a workout space for comedians, but also like a lot of new material to a comedian is really like under five minutes. You know what I yes. mean? Yes, it, oh, It's exactly. like a small portion of your set. Yeah, and like a half hour of like, what about this? Yeah, <laughs> and, I'm a, and I'm a full believer and I think people enjoy it. If like a joke doesn't hit super hard and being like, I wrote that today, I'll never say I that again. I think people love it. It's so they funny. They do. And it makes you feel like you're in What's the, I think one of the reasons I love live comedy so much is that from night to night, even if someone is doing technically the same set list, you're not getting the same thing from a comedian. Yeah. Like there's always going to be little tangents, little side offs or trying different tags or trying, you know, squeezing in a couple new jokes, one new bit idea. Um, yeah. And it is kind of fun to be that like peek behind the curtain of like, oh, I got to see a little bit of their process. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I God, I love that so much. Man. Oh. Ah, where do I want to go? I don't want to just, I'm like, there's so much, what do we talk about next? I'm literally just doing the thing that I said I hate. I just don't want to do all comedy shop because I just think you're so, there's so many facets of, of you. And we could talk about this for the entire time very easily. Oh yeah, so easily. Um, So listen, I want to talk about, you're doing the road a lot more. How's that? How are you like? I guess that? nodding isn't useful on a podcast. Yes, I've she been was doing nodding, the road. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, when did you start headlining on the road? Was it? Uh, it was like out of right out of COVID, like out of the gate, pretty much. I think I yeah. Going from being I had had them. like my first ever headlining weekend. I think get canceled because of COVID. Fuck. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it was scary in the beginning, but now it's so fun. Yeah. Now yeah. do you look at, now that you like headline regularly everywhere, do you ever look at like 15 minute sets and be like, damn, I wish I had more time. Yeah, totally. Isn't that but wild? I, I still love those 15 minute sets. Cause you just get to like flex, you know, yeah, you just get to go out and fucking drop your clit on the table yeah <laughs> yeah there's no fear of like of like not getting the light in time that for those first headlining sets you hit a moment where and and i know exactly what moment in my set it is where i'm like i would start to sweat a little bit and be like, like is this gonna last 45 minutes i hope right like i hope it's been 35 minutes by now or i'm kind of up a creek 
or I need to start talking a little slower. And then you get the light and you start speeding up. So yeah, anyway, yeah. is this bit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 100 percent. That's and it's amazing. been fine. I mean, it's always been fine. But the difference is now I like I know, know it's fine. fine. Yeah. yeah, that's that's amazing. Do you always do? Are you like a because every headliner is different? Are you like a hard 45 that you're like, that's my requirement. I'm doing 45 and that's all. No, I'm 45 to an hour. OK, I just like, and I've, been, I've been working on my hour. But in the very beginning, I was like, you just got to get to that 45, baby girl. That's all you got to do. You just got to get to that. That's gonna be, <laughs> yeah. gonna be OK. Yeah. So funny. Um, man, that's I love that. And I love that you have started expanding until the full hour. Do you feel and like- I, I had an hour ready and I had done an hour before I ever headlined a comedy club like I had done an hour a couple of times. Um, yeah. So I didn't go in like if they had asked me for an hour, I would have been screwed, but <laughs> I would have been more nervous for sure, because then oh it was God. like at that point, it was like telling every joke of mine that works. <laughs> <laughs> Man, yeah. how, um, how, okay. What am I trying to say here? Are, do you feel like in the process of doing the road, are you sculpting as you go, like an hour of what you think could be a special, like, do you ever like throw something out? Cause you're like, actually have this new stuff and that stuff isn't as strong. Yeah, definitely. And now like doing the road, it's like, I'm starting to get return dates at some of these clubs I've already done. Yay. And I feel pressure to have like a new hour. Like I want them to have new jokes. Did you shake your head? Cause some people have shaken their head at that. And if I don't have to do that, that's going to be a huge load off. Cause that's yeah. like a lot I of pressure say, I put on myself. I would say that I don't think you even need to, because I know you so well and I know how much you write. I don't think you even need to go out of your way to be like, let me make sure I have X amount of different time because by the time you go back there, you will have written and gotten excited about such new stuff that it's going to be, I would say probably without even trying, you'll have half of the set be different. Yeah, and that's fine. Okay. The thing is also that I feel like there's this lie that comedians pass around about how, nobody ever wants to hear the same joke again. And like, yeah, if, if you go to a town every year and for five years you come and you do the exact same hour, the sixth year, the people who really love you might go, we've seen it. But yeah. they also might just go like, she, she does this great show, you know? Yeah. But like the amount of times on the road I've gotten off at a club I've been to before and someone was like, oh, so funny. We were here last time. I was hoping you were going to do the joke about blah, blah, blah. And half the time, by the way, not even a joke I had, just some fucking weird riff in the set where I'm like, I don't have a joke about beef jerky. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> I just coincidentally was talking about beef jerky both times I came to this club because yeah. <laughs> I had just gotten off an airplane and you only have so many experiences. <laughs> <laughs> I just happened to be thinking about beef jerky both those nights. Yeah, like it's obviously we all want to keep writing and growing and especially if you start, you know, you're putting stuff out permanently in the form of late night sets, half hours, hours. It's like, you want to be, someone saw that you want to bring something different. So they're like getting a variety, but when people like you they're they are okay with you doing the same thing again because they loved it. And it's, I mean, also the amount of times that regular non-comedy people will repeat the same fucking stupid story because it's they're one of their three funny stories. It's like, yeah. 
they're fine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad that you said all of that because this is like the second and third time, like the first two people who said it were in the same room together and it was at the same time. But I've heard this concept three different times in the last like week. Yeah. And so I feel like the universe is really putting in front of me, like lighten up. It's fine. It's enough. You're doing enough. You are enough. You're it's enough. Absolutely enough. You're more than enough. Enough. I'm just kidding. Enough. Um, <laughs> Cause yeah, in my mind, I was like, I heard, you know, I think we've all heard like the horror stories about like the comedian who went to a club and did a set and then came back the next year and did the exact same set. And yeah. so they sold out the club twice and then never again. And now they don't get booked there anymore. That, comedian but, but I'm also not going to do the exact same. I mean, I, that would be not writing any new material for yeah. a year that I like, you know, and I think there is that comedian that exists and maybe hopefully less because you'd think people would learn, but like they are just getting paid and they've got their, what they think is a solid hour. And instead of adding in new stuff, they're like, busy. these are the hits, but you're, when you're in town going up every night, you're trying new material or not every yeah. night, but like a lot. So yeah. it's just impossible for that to even happen because you're going to lose interest in stuff in your hour, like compared to new stuff you're working on. It just ends up being, you're already doing that as you go is like substituting stuff in or things fall to the wayside or like I don't know if you've gotten to the point where like there's some sets when you're having really fun when you're like you're like fuck I really have to get out of here and I'm not done Mm -hmm. (laughs) but like there's a second show and I don't want to be an asshole yeah Uh, because like that also happens eventually which is just a testament to how much material comes when you're working hard and and enjoying it so don't fucking be in your head you're just not that person you would never rest on your laurels you know that's true because when I am picturing that person it's someone where it's like we've all seen these people who have been doing the same act since like the 80s yeah it's mind-blowing when it's like the same when it's like 10 minute sets yeah and I mean I think it's okay to have a joke about something that happened a long time ago but where everyone culturally is on the same page but it's like man you're you're just still doing your OJ chunk yeah. like from then. <laughs> so like real. you're still doing your Lewinsky chunk and you've been doing it since yeah, it's not like you just scandal. came back. Right. Because or of it's not TV like show. you just thought of a joke about that. Right. Yeah. Like you're just still telling jokes from the 90s. What? And that was 30 years ago. Yeah. It's like enough. What well, I mean, what a great uh I don't want to call it a revival for people who have the, the amount of shows that they're doing like this stuff yeah. in the nineties. And they're like, I'm back baby. Yeah. They get to just tweak the premise and suddenly it's new. Hey, you guys see that new Netflix show about this joke I've been doing for 30 years. <laughs> right. And it's like, Oh, it's so uncomfortable to watch, which is when someone does like a joke. That's just a little too outdated about a pop culture thing. I'm like, write something else. I don't know how you find it within yourself. Cause I, when I first started comedy had a Michael Jackson joke and Michael Jackson had died. And I remember one time someone yelled out, (laughs) he died. And I want to say it was the last time I ever told that joke. Cause I just (laughs) was like, if that's the feeling that people are getting when they're hearing this, like it's just over. You know, it's like I'm done and people will still to this day do Michael Jackson impressions and like, yeah, and it's, I think it's, we can be done. 
I think we can be done with those. I think we lay those to rest like we laid him to rest. You know, let's just. Let's just pretend like the whole thing never happened. I get like, if I ever write, because I have written jokes about that have just a one line on some type of pop culture, anything. I don't dive into stuff like that. It's not my like typical style. But I think like I do them for like maybe a couple weeks and I'm like, well, that's done. I, yeah. I have one punchline that that's huh. I should be playing with things. Uh, for those of you listening, my microphone just completely dropped. Your, the, the look of exasperation on your face made it all worth it. It was a good gag. If It was a sight <sighs> gag, though. I'm sorry if you missed that. <laughs> Which is really great for audio podcasts. Um, that's all I do. It's no, if you just could the see three it. stooges over here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have one joke where like sort of a punchline is Trump and like he still works if I want to do it, but I like he's still here. Uh, I know, but even that is just like enough. That's a bummer. Uh, yeah, but yeah, no, I just I just completely agree. But you definitely don't have anything to worry about that. Every time I see you, you're trying something new. You're like, there's a reason that you are as successful as you are and you're only getting better and better. And it's because you deserve it. Uh, oh, you're so sweet. That's too much stuff. No, you don't want me to stop. You want me to keep going? No, I don't. She's the greatest. No, I don't. You guys can't see she's holding up a sign that says keep complimenting me. <laughs> <laughs> stop it. Um, no, but like I, I don't think that's a, a fear that is it, it makes sense, but it's it, it's nothing that's gonna come to fruition. Do you how fucking exhausting is the road for you? because I'm exhausted. Oh my God. I I'm still recovering from a one nighter. I did. And I returned on Friday. Friday? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I got back Friday, but it was a one nighter in Florida, which so living on the West coast, there's a three hour time difference. So when you fly to Florida, you have to travel three hours into the future and sit on a five-hour flight so that is eight hours plus you know the two hours to like get to the airport on time i woke up at four in the morning two days in a row and on the second day it was 4 a.m florida time so 1 a.m la time and then sat on a plane for six hours coming back and i am still (laughs) it just fucks you up do you do anything like whether like setting aside time to like a buffer to recover do you have any like rules for yourself for either before or after you head out on the road i if i if i can avoid it and i actually just had this conversation with my agent yesterday because i did an audition the night before i flew out and i was like if i can avoid it i will never do that again I try not to have a show the night before I leave and the night that I get back, even if I get back in the morning. And yeah. if I get back at late at night, I'll instead, I will, I'll give myself a night off. So like, like the next that might day. be the next night. Yeah. Um, but if I get back in the morning, I'll usually be fine to just give myself that night off and then. And then yeah. on the ground running the next day. Yeah, but I'm definitely not someone where I see these comics where they're like, my flight gets in a three and then I have two shows at night. And I'm like, how and why? I've had to, how learn to stop why? doing that. It's, it's, yeah. uh, it's, they're addicts. We're addicts. Yeah. And that's- and a lot of it is money. And I have to know like, okay, you could be giving this up, but that's what it's worth. Like that's the price of 
self-care and of like sustainability of being yeah, able like, to continue to tour. Yeah. yeah, And do it at a good level that it's like if yeah. I'm burning out by go- going up every night and not taking the time I need for myself. I'm not going to be as strong as I could be on stage. And that's the thing that I had to learn, yeah. like big time that until and unless you've experienced it, you have no idea how fucking tired traveling can make you. You just have no idea. And, yeah. and it is like when we do these shows on the East coast, like there is no buffer for when you actually are traveling. Like I flew no. in, I like dove into the hotel bed to cl- have my eyes closed for a half an hour, which doesn't mean I slept for a half an hour. It means I laid there with my heart going, you know, Panicking afraid I wasn't going to wake, gonna up, wake up, up in time. Yeah. Yes. So you, it's just letting your nervous system like go from this to like this a little, and then it's time to get up again and get ready. And I will say it is worse for us as women. Cause it takes me two fucking hours to do my hair and my makeup, yes, which is time that I would be, that. I would be sleeping if I were a man. Men can just lay in bed and roll out like a slob and people go like, ah, he's just like us. And that's me getting on the first flight of the day. That's me getting on the earliest possible flight. And you may be wondering, why don't you fly in a day sooner? Because they cover one night in a hotel. They cover yep. the nights that you are performing in a hotel. Is that? So that's why. That's literally the earliest I can possibly get in. That is it's so funny. That literally is my next. I don't know how to. I'm so bad at making goals for myself moving forward because I feel like career wise, my focus has always been so live stand up centric that I could give myself goals, but they're not things I'm necessarily chasing in my heart. I don't know if that makes sense. The point is I really want to get big enough and be a big enough draw that I could go. Yeah, I'll do that. But you have to fly me in a night early. Oh yeah. Oh, like you will. I think that's an excellent goal. Absolutely. Is like, just be enough of a draw that they're like, yeah, it's worth the money that everyone's going to make. Well, and you know, it's great practice for like manifesting that. And I'm going to start doing this too. When I feel like it is just like, start asking for it now. Yeah. Just go like, is there any way you could get the, I could have the hotel room a night early. Yeah. Would it be possible so that I can be fresh for the show? And yeah, say it like that. So that it's like, so that I can do my job to the best of my ability for you. It never hurts to ask. That's what, it's so funny. The amount of things that have been validated, just that fact in general, just that it doesn't hurt to ask the amount of things that I've been like, I'm just going to ask for the like maximum. I'm going to ask for this thing. Yeah. And more often than not, and you know, obviously like we have worked to a point that we have earned the yes, but like, yeah, I, I am very pleasantly surprised at the amount of times it's not even a discussion. It's yeah, like, of course. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's no problem. Cause what, cause what you just asked for, that's maybe like drinks for one table. You yeah. know what I mean? It's maybe 65 bucks. And a lot of these clubs have, have deals, deals with, with the, the hotel. hotels. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also like, I've been like, I'm not going to go to this point now and ha- make it a whole thing. But like, look, I, I tell the hotel, I'll post a nice thing about them. Just let me stay there. That's uh, great. I'm going to use that. I mean, there used to be this thing. Did, well, you never did. You never like road dogged it, right? Like where you really went out right. and like you did clubs and came to LA. And then like once you had an agent started hitting the road, I like greasy, yeah. gross road possum nightmare would be yeah. like sleeping in your car, shit like that. Oh yeah. Seven weeks on the road, but there's this company oh. that's pr- probably still around. I would just, I was like, it's the summer. 
oh. summer tour. Oh. Um, but I also had a much higher threshold for like, I could crash on a couch for a night. Of course. Yeah. Uh, not, by the way, people's in a like, now I just am like, it's, I'm so thankful to everyone who ever off, like allowed me to crash at their place. But like, boy, do some, I just, huh, I am like, I wouldn't. You wouldn't it, let someone stay on your couch for a night. I would, but I'm so exhausted, but I'm exhausted by it. Like, it would, it would you know who I friend. would let stay on my couch for a night? A close friend, a close friend. That's what I was saying. Yeah. I don't want to say it's not like a random comedian coming to town. And it used to be anybody. I would let anybody crash oh, yeah. in my place. And it was yeah. like, it was like, oh, because, you know, when I go to their town, I want right. I want to I want to feel like not right. that they owe me, but karmically. Right. There will be someone who will let me, you know. And now it's like, thank fucking God, a that I'm in a position where clubs are just putting me up. But like there was this company that used to get you. It was like sounded appealing. And sometimes it, it was not bad. They would I forget what they were called, but they would they had a hotel ho- deals with hotel rooms. Excuse me. I'm stuttering. They had deals with hotel rooms all over the country and they would get you a really cheap rate. You just had to leave reviews like on Yelp, uh, travel, whatever, fucking some travel app, whatever, and Google and shit. But then they would always be like on the outskirts, never really anywhere convenient. And then one time I stayed somewhere and the, the fee that I paid had been like $35. And I was like, great, 35 bucks. But the manager was like, so how does it work with you guys getting these, the manager of the hotel room? How does it work with you guys getting these like free hotel rooms? They just like, and I was like free. So then I realized I'm like, oh, you're the middleman. Fine. Not a bad business model. I'm not going to, you did the legwork, whatever. I would pay someone to like, you find the hotels I can get for free to tweet about. Absolutely. Yeah. And I was like that. I was like, oh, I, I could just reach out to hotels. Yeah. And, and, uh, I have had no uh, luck so far, but <laughs> well, now I don't need to. It's like every, everywhere I work now has. And that's something that I've built into my <laughs> shit is like, I'm, if you're not putting me up, I'm not coming there. Like, I don't need. I'm very grateful to be in a position where I don't need to just perform so badly in, you know, Kalamazoo. And then I'm like, I'll foot the bill. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's just it's so wild. Do you get OK? So peek behind the curtain for people who don't know. Would you, okay. Would you say that you grew up kind of poor, kind of not? We like, fancy? we like should not have been poor. My dad was a lawyer for the government, but he was also an alcoholic. So he Whoa. drank every night at the nicest bar in Milwaukee. And I mean, my mom hated it. I was a little kid, so I wasn't aware, but we definitely had like an Oldsmobile from like the seventies that broke down in every intersection broke down in the parking lot at my school, which was in like an upper middle-class neighborhood. What a nightmare. Middle to upper middle-class neighborhood. Yeah. So all the kids made fun of me. I was poor for someone who went to my school and I kid. And looking back, looking back, looking at like my living room and stuff, I'm like, oh, our couch was a metal prison cot. Like, how do you explain that? Like nothing had been, you know, it was like all super outdated. Like stuff like, that like had was... he not been blowing money, you guys probably yeah. had a more comfortable life. But it was like, yeah, we're all you, I mean, you can spend so much money on alcohol that it's 
fucking crazy. You can oh. spend hundreds of dollars a night on alcohol. Oh, yeah. No, I, I assume. And that's to say nothing of like the money that it cost him to have like multiple DUIs and like be in jail for six or nine months or whatever. You know what I fucking mean? Like hell. Yeah. it's an expensive <laughs> habit, an expensive habit. Yeah. Jesus. I only ask because like I I grew up in a poor shithole and I wonder if other people had an experience of like a less than glamorous childhood when you stay at hotels are you like obsessed with hotels I love hotels I get really excited but I also have had bed bugs which Ah! is a trauma so I like my first thing I do and I was talking to Brian Simpson about this and he was like oh yeah it changes your life forever and he and I both the first thing that we'll do in a hotel I pull back the uh, yeah, I pull back the sheet and I check. How do you check for bed bugs for people listening? Can it be described? You pull back the corners of the sheet and you look at the seam. So like the hem of the um, mattress. And if there are little black dots, that's bed bug feces and Ooh. blood. And uh. some in some cases like larva. Um, but oh. yeah, it's tiny black dots and that means that you don't stay there. Have you, since you have been on the road, started checking, have you ever found a place like that? Have I, I haven't. I okay. found places that had bed bug covers, but that is like a preventative thing that they should have. Yeah. But I've never found, I've never found any. Another thing that I do is I look at the reviews and I look at the one-star reviews and kind of just put blinders on where like, I don't care about the noise or the rudeness or the this, that, and the other. I look for bed bugs. Yeah. And I haven't, I haven't found that in a place that I have stayed. Yeah. Even if they're complaining about other bugs, I don't give a fuck because people are always going to find some, you know what I I mean? I saw a spider and you're like, well, life happens. Was it covered in spiders? Like a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it amazes me with some of the shit fuck nightmare motels that I stayed at my early years of doing the road that I never got bed bugs, but yeah, no, it's, you have to check. You just don't, it's just such a nightmare too. And it like ruins, you have to like throw everything out. It ruins your entire life. Absolutely. It ruins your life. That's, but I'll never be, I'll never be the same. Yeah. I'll never be the same. Of course not. (laughs) So I guess you don't walk into holiday inns and act like you're Annie and, uh, in daddy Warbucks house. No, I actually, I think that my like germophobia has kind of gotten turned up these last couple of years, which I think has happened with a lot of people. Oh yeah. It's totally natural. But I definitely have tendencies. And so unfortunately now every surface I touch, I think about what else has touched it. And so Uh, that it has made it less fun. Damn. It's kind of a bummer. I wish I could get back to how I was as a little kid. We were just like, yeah, dude, of the, it doesn't even have to be a nice hotel. I remember when my dad, when I, that was like the one sunshiny moments of my parents' divorce when my dad like reappeared in my life and was like one week in a month bullshit. We'd go to like a best Western in Gulf Shores, Alabama, but it was like a hotel with a pool near a beach. Like what are, what, this is like, we're living. Like you know vacation. what night I remember kind of fondly is um, 
my mom and my dad were fighting and my dad had gotten really bad by this point. And, you know, he was abusive. And one night it got so bad that my mom took my sister and me to a hotel. And I remember her telling the front desk people, if anyone comes, don't tell anybody we're here. And then we went in the hotel room and I was like, this is so cool. We're like so safe right now. We're secret agents. They can't, they can't find us here. Yeah. That's oh, my heart for little Lara being like, we're safe right now is like, Oh, uh, I remember. Wow, man. Oh, I do like hotels and I, I like to not put out the do not disturb sign. Cause I like for no one to know that I'm in there. Oh, you don't like, you don't put it out. You don't want someone to know that there's a person in there. Yeah. I used to not put it out. And then one day I forgot to put it out and had headphones on full blast. and was dancing full energy, butt naked to Beyonce. Sure. And um, the cleaning lady came in and I was like, they'll do that anyway. That's the thing that nobody tells you. They have knocked when I have had it out and been like, when are you leaving? And I'm like, I don't know. When are you leaving? Get the fuck out of here. Not now, bitch. They've done it at like eight in the morning. I'm like, I don't have to leave yet. Stop. That blows my mind. Have you ever been in a hotel where like, for some reason you're like, you are, you're supposed to be there another night. Yeah. But, but for whatever reason, they don't have it on the reservation or they think you're supposed to check out. Yeah. Oh, that, what a fucking, that level of anxiety. I'm like, dude, into the, the world. I fully just expect my reservation not to be in there. I expect something to be wrong. Like, because every time I check just, in. Yeah. Every time I check in. And then I'm just pleasantly surprised if everything goes according to plan. I'm like, this was delightful. My last place I went, they were like, are you okay being on the ground floor? I was like, no, I don't want to open my window. I don't want to be fucking face to face with the rest of the world. Get out of here. Yeah, what are you I talking hate about? the ground floor. Oh it's yeah. Wild. Right next to the pool and the fitness center and the elevator. So I won't be able to sleep at all. Cause I'll hear dinging all night while you check people in. No, I don't fucking want to be on the ground floor. Why do you even have rooms on the ground floor? What do you? Oh, doing? okay. We we have a room on the sixth floor. Oh, okay. Why the fuck would you ask me? Yeah. Who would? Who would? Whatever. Who would choose the ground floor? Who would prefer that? Who's like, ah, I just need to get somewhere I can pass out as quickly as possible at the end of the day. Yeah. Night. Don't make me wait on an elevator. It's a whole thing. <sighs> For and then she was like, well, the only room that I have that is this type is on the ground floor, and I. I either said or almost said, then why did you ask? Like, why did, <laughs> why did you ask me if I was okay? Cause honestly, if she had been like, you're in one Oh two, I probably would have been like, Oh, that sucks. And would have gone. But because she asked me if it was okay. Yeah. I was like, Oh no, not if I have a choice. And she's like, you don't have a choice. And I'm like, <laughs> well, then why are you asking you, me oh my god i would lose my fucking mind <laughs> you just want to know if i hate this or not this thing that's happening anyway <laughs> just want to know if we needed to offer you some free breakfast coupons uh <laughs> breakfast was from like 9 to 11 i was like it, we can't get a earlier start on that or is yeah do you not have anyone I mean, I, who is has a job Who's I here? had to leave at fucking 4 a.m so it yeah, it's never anyway, early but, enough for me i'm like why yeah. don't why doesn't breakfast start at 2 a.m which which reminds me delta sky club let's talk about it holy <laughs> shit uh game changer opens at 4 30 in the morning yeah and it's open till i think 11 something i you know what I i've never been there midnight. when it's closed 
Yeah. yeah. I, so if you're listening and you have not experienced this and you're a frequent traveler, I have to tell you the difference it makes having a place you can go that's not the general terminal. I almost hope you don't have a lot of listeners because I don't want people to know how worth it it is. Good. They listen to this show and not all of you. I'm sure some of you do, but a lot of people are listening to get the experiences they can't get in their small town, you know? Well, then let me tell you about the (laughs) DSC, baby, because that is my shit right there. It is. And we've discussed this. I think you said it to me actually in a conversation, but the amount I pay just in my annual fee for my credit card. Yeah. Because when you get into the Delta Sky Lounge, they have a free, there's food, there's food, there's drinks. There's food there. There's drinks. It covers what I would be buying in airport snacks. Yep. A hundred percent. And you know what? Nothing is open at four 30 in the morning. I except fucking... the Delta Sky Club. There's not even a restaurant open. You have zero options. It truly shocks me, though, that I'm like, if you have flights, you one thing should be open down here. I don't understand. Why it. are you missing out on business? This is why, maybe. I know it's been said before, but I'll say it again. Why is LAX such a fucking hellscape? It's, it's such a nightmare. It's so all of the terminals are disconnected. At least let me be in a place where I can walk around. It's so the Delta terminal is so fucking claustrophobic. It's insane. And then also recently I had a non like I had a domestic Delta flight that was in the international terminal. And I'm like, what are we doing here? Why is this? I was going to Austin. I was like, is Texas just considered a foreign country to California? Yeah, I had a flight to fucking Calgary that was in the Delta terminal. I was like, this terminal sucks. It's it is really the American. The American terminal is better. The American terminal. I like the options of the stuff they have. The one thing about Delta is like, well, it doesn't matter. I have the lounge, (laughs) but yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank God. I do miss coffee bean. I have miles on American that I will probably never use because because it's a shit show. Yeah, they have. I want the Delta. I want the Delta lounge. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I want my little plate with cheese squares. American's my number two. Cause you know what they have that I do appreciate. They don't have the TVs in the backs of the seats like Delta usually does, but they have a device holder. So they have a thing that will snap your iPad into place so that it is on the back of the seat in front of you. But in my, so you can download movies and stuff and then watch it. In my experience, half the time they have that, but they don't have charging outlets. And I'm like, what are we doing here? Oh, yeah. No, I bring a, I bring two portable chargers. I bring one for I'm my so iPad prepared. and one for my iPhone. I love. That yeah, one. I'm prepared because I have monstrous anxiety that like, closes my throat up. Yeah, yeah. Really? OK, is it flying? Is it being in a crowded space? What is it? I think it's the whole experience. It's like I'm I get claustrophobic. And so I'm claustrophobic on the plane. I'm claustrophobic in the crowds leading up to getting on the plane. Yeah, heat makes it worse. So if I get hot, I do not feel good, you know? Yeah. Um, It makes it a lot, a lot worse. Um, And yeah, that was what I was telling my agent last night. I was like, I, when I had that audition and then I had to fly out the next day, I, I mean, there are all different kinds of panic attacks and there is a spectrum for sure. 
Yeah. My least favorite kind that I have, and I have very seldom, and I pretty much only have it right before I travel and like, and very rarely before I travel, it feels like there's a lump in my throat and it grows and grows and grows. So I can't, I can't swallow. And I'm afraid that no air will be able to get in a different kind of a panic attack I have is just, I can't take a deep breath. Like I just can't, it's just shortness of breath. Oh, I have that. Both of them feel like you can't breathe. And that's a very scary feeling. So it's like, it really is torturous. So anything that I can do that reduces my anxiety greatly improves my quality of life. And I guess as a wrap up for anyone uh, who maybe experiences similar things in terms of panic attacks, I don't want to sound like we're like, getting to travel the world is so difficult, but it is. But like, you know, it it is difficult. It is. (laughs) What are some things in the moment? Uh, This is a little nugget that maybe might be helpful to someone. If you catch yourself, uh uh-oh, panic attack on the horizon, what do you do in the moment to try to help slow it down or bring it to an end quicker or just like not let it overwhelm you? Uh, For me, the most effective thing is to distract. So I will try to get absorbed in a comforting movie or show. The Office and Friends are go-tos of mine. I make sure that my devices are loaded up with episodes so that I can just like be in that. Um, Something else that's a helpful tool is like making a gratitude list because your brain can't simultaneously feel both gratitude and fear. So it puts it in another lane. Yeah, it puts it in another lane. I didn't know that that was true. That makes sense, but. I've heard it, but yeah. (laughs) Like it's a thing that I've chosen to. It's just really hard to keep focused on a positive thought when you cannot when breathe. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So if you're yeah. like leaning into like, I am very grateful for blah, 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 blah. Then you can't right. focus on the like, <gasps> the part of your brain that's like, but what if you are having an allergic reaction? What if this is anaphylaxis and you treat it like it's a panic attack? Cause that's happened to me too. Like I have a history of fainting. I've been fainting since I was three years old and it's Jesus. like, It's not often, but I have done it before where I've been like, you're just having a panic attack. You're just a person in a chair. And then I fainted out of a high chair onto a hardwood floor and like (laughs) hit my head. (laughs) So that's what like, that's what makes it hard is like, you don't know if it's real. Yeah. And then you're like, I don't want the one time that I'm like, it's just a panic attack. Exactly. No, you are having, yeah. No, you got stung. There's a clock. Yeah. Yeah. You got stung by a bee and you're deathly allergic. You it's got not stung a by a bee and you somehow didn't feel it and now you're dying. Oh, what a, I mean, one of my biggest fears. Yeah. Um, I can't get a tickle in my throat without being like, this is the end. It's closing up. It's over for me. Uh, <sighs> do you have any fears that you consider like com- either completely or borderline irrational, but they like. No, but I have plenty of fears that other people consider irrational. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, name one. What's one thing that you like that I feel like this is very logical, but some people have been like, that's ridiculous. Just, uh, oh gosh, I'm irrationally afraid of driving, but also I think it's rational because driving is terrifying, but people people see the way, and I've been in a bunch of car accidents. Like it's perfectly valid. Yeah. Same. I'm not afraid of driving. I'm afraid of riding in cars. Yeah. I get something about the control of like the naivety of thinking that I'm any better than anyone. Right. When I'm probably, ah, well, there's, we're probably better than a lot of people at driving. Some people are really bad at it, but 
Yeah. But it's, I, I, it's like comes down to like trust and being like, I don't, I don't believe that you will keep me as safe as I will keep me. Yeah. Ah, which is wild. Cause it's like, yeah, that the person driving doesn't want to die either. I think that too, like with planes sometimes, like what if we just go, he just goes off the rails and it's like, the, the pilot also wants to land. Like, yeah. If the stewardesses aren't freaking out, you're probably fine. Flight yeah. attendants, whatever I'm supposed to call them. Um, anyway, this was a, this is an interesting chat. This was fun. Any final thoughts before we just break for the world? No, I don't think so. Thanks for having me. Did anyone ask me any questions? No. Fuck you guys. No, not, none that were of any. Yes. Well, I mean, I mean, when did you lose your virginity? Uh, I was 18. Oh boy. I'm glad you ended that with teen. I was really worried about where this conversation was going to go. <laughs> I was like, uh oh, 18 high school yeah. prom night, or was Co- it after college? Man, did you think you were in love, or were you just ready to fuck? No, I did not think I was in love, and I wasn't ready to fuck. Oh, well, we don't have to go down this road. There's nothing under that rock that anyone needs to see. Well, this has been a really fun time. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> um so for those of you guys who don't know before i have laura plug her stuff keep your eyes and ears peeled because she and i and steph tolov have a new podcast coming your way slobs it'll be out soon i don't know if it'll be up before i release this or after but it's coming and it's going to be the most hilarious thing on earth uh not like this very serious podcast where i get into the intricate details of my friends intimate lives um laura where can we find you um, I'm on Instagram at Lara Bites, L-A-R-A-B-E-I-T-Z. And I'm going to be headlining the House of Comedy in Phoenix, Arizona next weekend. So I want to say like April 1st through 3rd, but that, that ish, that area of, great. of time. I'll have this yeah. out before then. Oh my God, Phoenix. That's going to be great. Phoenix, oh, I've never been there. Oh, it's really hot, but yeah, I know. people are nice. And- It'll be fine. I get to drive and I'm bringing my boyfriend. <gasps> Ooh, and they have a really nice condo. Oh, good. They always um, do. I love those clubs. House of Comedy is, they they got their shit figured out. They really do. Some places are still figuring it out. They've really got a system that I like. And you know what's great about a comedy condo? You can go in a day early. Yeah, because there's nobody there. Ah, oh, yep. man. Hell yeah. You should Hell do yeah. that. I'm anyway, gonna. go follow Laura. Laura, thanks for letting me uh, talk to you and, and pick apart your brain. Thank you for having me. I love you. I love you. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. There you go. Lara Bites. Go follow her. See her live. Listen to our new podcast coming soon. Slobs, wherever you listen to podcasts. And thank you for being part of my audience. Uh, I hope you like this. Find me out on the social media hellhole landscape at JMS Comedy. And, uh, you know. Keep learning, keep growing, keep asking questions because the more we ask, the more we know. I fucked that up. Well, that's why it's time to go. But I mean, the more we know because the more we learn, you know, the more we learn and the more we know. And you know how it ends. Insert now. Thanks for uh, listening. And thank you for being patient with my ignorance. See you soon, idiots. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. 
by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.